Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. In studio, we have Ed Cox. We have Judge Weinberg. And on the line with Anam Lydia Serrani. And on the line with us, we have John Katzmatidis and the best economist in the world. That's right. The world, the galaxy, the solar system, Larry Kudlow. Oh. <laughs> Count down to Tuesday. Count down to Tuesday. Where, where, where's Patterson? <laughs> he, he's hiding. He's hiding. He decided not even to bother showing his face. He's too ashamed. So he stayed home. He said he's literally sick. <laughs> I love the guy. He's a terrific yeah. man. Yeah. So, John, did you want to ask him, how are the markets going? I just, I just lived in a far-off land, and uh, I just—they gave me a hotel room that's two miles away from the from the uh, hotel lobby. So, what happened with the markets today? I have no clue. Nothing. Yeah, markets were flat. Uh, the jobs numbers were uh, were okay, mixed bag. Uh, non-farm payrolls went up more than expected. But the household survey actually fell. Uh, the unemployment rate went up uh, a couple of ticks. Um, but basically, it was a, you know, a very decent number. And it's kind of interesting to me, looking at all this stuff, you've had the Fed tightening. Uh, you've had the Fed tightening all year. Uh, the target rate is up four full percentage points. The money supply is uh, I think, Larry, has it ever well, tightened as fast as it did in this? Well, let me finish my point, yeah. and we can hash over it. But the the thing is, it doesn't seem to have much impact either on inflation or the economy. Just very interesting. Um, normally, you know, after let's see, ten months of Fed tightening, and they've done it in large gulps, you would see um, more setback in the employment numbers or a bigger increase in unemployment. That has not happened. And um, regarding inflation, inflation is down, but only a little bit. Uh, and wages are holding up quite well, too. So I think what's going to happen here is uh, today's numbers, you're going to get a, a, a very tough Fed in December. People are talking 50 basis points, but they'll probably have to do 75. I mean, the policy is going to stretch into next year. And we're going to wind up having a double dip recession. First half of this year, we had a mild recession. Now the economy is rising a little bit. Probably next year, you're going to go into a deeper recession. So hopefully the cavalry coming will begin to change policies right away. They've got to go after, they, they must go after uh, oil and gas. They must go after permitting. They must permit drilling. They've got to let the refineries expand. We've got shortages everywhere. This would probably be the number one issue, and that would lower the inflation rate and improve the economic outlook. And it's funny, we've had all these major Senate candidates come on our show in the last couple of weeks, and every one of them says the same thing. Let's start by taking the handcuffs 
off of oil and gas. So I hope that's the case. Well, you know, we have, if we don't, they're trying to force a recession, Larry. America doesn't want the recession. You can see our economy is strong, and they're doing everything possible to force a recession. Yeah, well, that's a tragedy. I would agree with that. Um, that's not the best. They should, they should deal with this on the supply side. They should create incentives to uh, drill and create pipelines and so forth build up our supplies of, uh, of energy again. They should also create work incentives. I mean, part of the employment story is we're paying people not to work. Democrats want another big welfare bill with no work requirements in it. And we've got to cut back on the federal spending, and we've got to try to make the Trump tax cuts permanent. So we need supply-side help, uh, and uh, we need uh, oil and gas help. Those are two key things. And we'll know in a couple of days whether they'll have the political uh, legislative power to do it. So, Larry, that's I the think question. People are angry. I think that I think there's going to be a change because people are angry. What's going on? They're they're really getting angry. The pulse. That's the pulse I get from all the communities. Well, this is the today, November fourth, happens to be the forty second anniversary of Ronald Reagan's victory in 1980. And apart from the fact that I worked for Reagan, I was only 13 years old at the time, uh, Reagan was the quintessential optimist, okay? The quintessential optimist. He didn't want recessions, he wanted growth. He didn't want contractions, he wanted prosperity. He wanted to put people back to work, not take them out of work. Uh, so the Democrats have been very pessimistic in this campaign. I think the Republicans on the whole have been pretty darn optimistic. And I think the country is going to vote for optimism. And that's why I bring in the Reagan. The shadow of Ronald Reagan continues to loom large 42 years ago. Actually, on this show, there are two Reagan alumni. Besides me, there's one other Reagan alumni if he raises his hand. Yeah, that's true. And, you who know, was that at, who yeah. was that at Cox? Who was the other Reagan alumni? Who is it? It's you? Yeah, I was a Reagan alumni. I wasn't born. You were. And, and we succeeded Cox. because of Larry Kudlow's advice. <laughs> because the whole program that was just getting started rested on oil going from $40 a barrel to $100. So I asked this young economist in <laughs> Stockman's group, Named Larry Kudlow, who who knew, knew a lot about economies, he focused on the commodities, and uh, and you said no, oil's going down from forty, not up, and uh, so we held tight, and the program just fell of its own weight after about a year. You know, John Katsimatidis, look at oil's creeping back to a hundred now, which is not good. Gasoline prices are starting to creep back up. By the way, in a couple of very key states, including New Hampshire. Um, this is another reason. I mean, if you open the spigots, all right, oil come back down to a profitable level of 50 or 60, even $70. But right now, oil is going north, and that's not a good thing. Especially not for the winter. And John has said, John Katzmatidis, that if Michigan, if that Line 5, if it shuts down, we could see yeah. oil go up to $150 a barrel, which would be devastating for the entire country. So, Larry Kudlow, that means we're running out of time. What else do you want to say to the American people? One last push for for Zeldin. We're going to take our city and country back. Sorry, Lee Zeldin's going to win. The Cavalry's coming. Stay optimistic. America is the greatest country ever was and ever will be. 
Amen. All right, guys. So we still got a great show for everybody. Keep it right here. We're going to be speaking to David Rubenstein, Gordon Chang, and Dr. Mark Siegel. Keep it right here. Cats at Night. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.